0: Well, friends, we are finally at that time of year, the season of Advent leading up to Christmas is upon us, and it is becoming more and more evident every time we go outside. Now, if you've been in Walgreens or any other store, it's been Christmas for several months, but now, as Pastor Amy said, uh, when you go outside and it gets dark, you start to see more and more Lights. We have beautiful arrangements. You know, a lot of people dress up trees with these massive light shows. Sometimes people even put music to it. And uh, we took a little tour through our neighborhood last night of just some of the little decorations that were around. This was not in our neighborhood, by the way. That's, yeah, I I, I don't live in a neighborhood quite like that. But you get the idea. You can go online to any. Uh, Place And they'll usually have a list of like the best places to go view Christmas lights around. So we see in here all the evidence of it all around. Decorations and lights going up and trees going up and calendars filling up and cookies filling us in other ways. And this can be both a wonderful and difficult time for so many reasons. So today we begin our focus on those four key themes once again in the season of Advent leading up to Christmas. Hope, love, joy, and peace. And these four themes, even though you've heard them before, if you've been in an Advent service before, they're always a good reminder for us. It's like they kind of reset us and help us to zoom in and remember what the reason for Christmas really is. It's so easy to get distracted by everything else going on around us, amid the hustle and bustle. So this morning, we center ourselves on the first of those themes, the theme of hope. And we're starting a new series called The Heart of Christmas. And in The Heart of Christmas, when we focus on hope, we focus on the hope that comes through the birth of Jesus. I'm sure each of us could use a little more hope in our life. One of my cousins has a young son. His name is Graham. And I was lucky enough to find a picture of his Christmas list. This is his Christmas wish list this year. I don't know what a squishmallow is, but he wrote every squishmallow in the world. This is what he's asking his parents for this particular year. If you're a parent, maybe you know what a squishmallow is. Do do, do you know what a Squishmallow is? I'm not sure what a Squishmallow is, but it sounds interesting. But he wants everyone in the world. Now, we learn a lot about hope by watching the way children embrace the holiday season. Nothing says hope like the anticipation they have or the anticipation we saw appear at the arrival of Christmas and what is going to come in the next few weeks. So many kids write that list or a note. Graham still has great hope that his request will be granted this year. And he's still hopeful, even though he was sorely disappointed last year. This is the note that he wrote to Santa. A thank you note. Thank you, Santa, but why did you not get me anything that I wanted I had to ask my cousin for the translation, just to make sure I got it. Thank you, Santa, but why did you not get me anything that I wanted? He wanted a Nintendo Switch. Mom said, Santa said, no. So he had to get creative amidst his disappointment, and he drew a Nintendo Switch as a sad replacement for his original gift idea he drew this so that he could play his his fake Nintendo Switch i know it's 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 a little sad from we he's he's learning some reality we know yeah from disappointment last year profound disappointment to renewed hope he has hope that he's going to get every squishmallow in the world we'll see what happens to that hope later on this month now the anticipation of receiving a gift is certainly a kind of And it connects to that deep, enduring hope that is at the heart of Christmas, that long-awaited gift, the birth of Jesus. And wrapped up in that singular moment is the hope that you can always hold on to, and a hope that will never disappoint you. You don't even have to write a note. You can just receive that gift, the hope that is in Jesus Christ. This is where we begin our journey today. O come, O come, Emmanuel. Jesus' birth fulfilled all those prophetic words that were written about him, spoken hundreds of years before he came, and this is where we start, by looking back into the heart of Christmas. So if you have a Bible, you can open up to Isaiah, or you can pull it up on your phone. Isaiah chapter 9, this is perhaps one of the most famous prophetic texts that points to the birth of Jesus. This is something that for the Jewish people, they had just been holding on to this for hundreds of years. Let me read it for us this morning. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy Establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. The people of Israel had suffered through many ungodly kings when this was first prophesied. It was a time when the corruption of their leaders had led them far away from God's intention. It was a dark time. It was hard to live. And Isaiah knew that God would have to do something to bring his people back, to bring actually his nation back. The kingdom was crumbling, and the people needed hope. So Isaiah spoke, delivering God's message of hope. Now, this message of hope was not everything that they hoped for. It included words that were hard to hear as well. In fact, many of Isaiah's words when he spoke them were not received well by the people. In this particular prophetic word that points to the birth of Jesus, it actually delivers at least two different things that we can identify. First, it acknowledges the brokenness and darkness that surrounded Israel because of sin and corruption and violence and turning their backs on God. And second, it announces the hope of a dawning light through the birth of one who would one day make things all right. Both challenge and hope, acknowledging the reality of the pain that they presently were living in and a profound hope for the future. The people of God who remained in a broken and battered country needed this reminder that God had not forgotten them. Centuries later, Matthew makes the connection in his gospel to what God promised through Isaiah then and what was happening now. Let me read just a couple of verses. The very next verses after the verse that pastor Amy read this morning. Matthew 1:22 and 23. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. I bet you can imagine what one of the next words that the kids will put on their tree, words for Jesus, will be. When Matthew confirms and affirms what Isaiah had written some 700 and odd years earlier, it was a hard time as well. When God's people were under the yoke of the Roman Empire, And in this particular story, he talks about Joseph and Mary. And he says that there's this young man who is forced to make a very difficult decision. He's not just engaged, but this is more of like a betrothal, like a legally binding contract at this point. And then he finds out that his betrothed was already pregnant, and he planned to call it off. It would, it would have been a profound scandal. But an angel speaks to him in a dream and tells him to get married because the child was a miracle from the Holy Spirit of God. And that child will be called Emmanuel, God, with us. Fulfilling that long ago promise that people had to wait 700 plus years to hear again. In that 700 years ago, or that 700 year span from when Isaiah wrote his, or delivered his prophecy, to the time Matthew recounts what happened at the birth of Jesus, there was a lot of darkness in place. This reminds us that the presence of darkness actually threatens hope. The presence of darkness threatens our hope. Centuries of growing darkness threatened the hope of God's people, yet, in the midst of the dark, what would happen? A bright light would shine forth. One reason that Christmas resonates in our hearts today is that we too live in a world where darkness and corruption wear us down. We experience war and disease and conflict and oppression. We, too, need that light to push back the darkness, to illuminate the world around us, and to light the way. The birth of Jesus is what fulfilled that hope. The hope that God would push back the darkness and shine his bright light all through the world. For a light to shine, or you to at least be aware of it, there has to be some contrast. The darkness doesn't magically disappear. It's actually still there. It's just held at bay by the light. Hope doesn't remove all conflict or difficulty or struggle or trial that you might be experiencing as well. But what it does is it holds the darkness at bay. John chapter 1 states that truth clearly. John writes, In him was life, that is Jesus, And that life was the light of all humankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. A verse that we had to cling to all the time. Hope is a result of the presence of God here with us. A light in the midst of darkness, keeping the dark at bay. So if the presence of darkness is what threatens our hope, then God's presence is what gives us hope. God's presence gives us hope. Now the hope that God offers through his presence, it's not always easy for us to hear this. It often requires us to wait longer than we would like. I don't think God's people in that day wanted to wait 700 plus years for that prophecy to be fulfilled. And yet, that's how long it took in that instance. Like God's people found out then, and we find out today, hope requires patience. Is that correct, Huey? Okay, yeah, you you don't have to speak. For those of you who don't know, Huey's wife is named Hope. Hope requires patience, a patience that is in short supply today. It's hard because we live in a right now world. We want it now. We want it our way. We don't want to wait for anything, which is why these weeks of Advent are so important, my friends. As we wait for the birth of hope into the world, anticipation grows, and it actually makes the gift of hope so much sweeter and worth the wait. You might want to open a gift before Christmas. You might even be tempted to do so. My brother did it one time, and then he put the little uh, note from who was. He put it right over the part that he ripped open, and he thought my mom wouldn't find out. And not waiting did not turn out very well for him. The rest of us waited, and it was so worth the wait when we opened the gifts that year. So much sweeter. There's a plant that grows in the deserts and dry places of the U.S. Some of you have probably driven past them, or you might even have a version of this in your own yard here. This is the agave americana, also known as the century plant. And this is such an amazing plant. It can grow 12 feet wide. It can grow 6 feet tall. It thrives in places that nothing else can really grow. And its leaves actually can be a foot wide. But its most unusual trait is its long reproduction cycle. It reproduces once in its life. For 10 to 30 years, this plant remains exactly the same as it is and has no flowers until suddenly, without warning, a bud will sprout out of the middle of it. And we're not talking like a tiny little flower bud. We're talking a bud that looks like a giant stalk of asparagus the size of a tree trunk. And this bud grows at a rate of 7 inches per day until it's anywhere from 20 to 40 feet tall. We have a picture of what that looks like. Maybe you've been driving uh, along the California coast. Sometimes you could see these, or in the deserts of the southwest. These are actual buds from this plant. They grow so tall up in the air, and then it produces a beautiful crown of yellow blossoms. And from those blossoms, the seeds will fall and start the cycle again. If you can see this, it's an amazing sight to see. And it only happens once in a life for each plant. And you have to be kind of lucky to catch it at the right moment. There are actual photographers that will wait, camping out certain of these plants, just waiting for a moment to snap a shot like that. The century plant. Similar to the blooming of this plant, some of the answers to your prayers and the fulfillment of God's promises take a very long time. They take great patience in order for you to see the beautiful result. Isaiah knew that one day God would act. And hundreds of years later, Matthew records how God acts. Emmanuel, God with us, the presence of God here on earth. Why do we look to the past and look back at the beginning of this Christmas season? Because when we look back, we remember how God has been faithful to us and in the world before. And when we remember the faithfulness of God that has already Happened, or that we have already experienced, it actually plants a deep and abiding hope within us. It grows in us in the present, and it actually helps us trust God for what we don't know is going to happen, the future. That what he has promised will blossom one day if we are so lucky to see it. Romans 15.4, you know, we just spent a couple weeks in this uh, part of Romans. Romans 15.4 says, For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us, so that through the endurance taught in the Scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have, what? Hope. Hope. So yes, my friends, at the heart of Christmas is hope. Though there are many distractions in this season, today we are reminded that hope is offered through that birth in the manger. For all of the people alive at that time, they had been thinking, God, what took you so long? Why did we have to wait so long? But from God's perspective, Jesus arrived right on time. Right on time in the moment of greatest need for God's people. One Christmas there was an older woman struggling with her first holiday alone since her husband had died a few months earlier of cancer. And the woman felt terribly alone. She felt so alone that she decided that she didn't want to decorate for Christmas that year. It was too painful. But a few days before Christmas, the doorbell rang, and the young man stood outside with an unusual box in his hands. And it was not like a typical shipping box. Don't worry about what it says here. (laughs) (laughs) Recyclable bamboo toilet paper. Thank you, Amy. Anyway, this is just the prop. You know, you get it. You get it. And the man stood outside this lady's door with an unusual box. And she signed for it and she said, What's in the box? And the man smiled as he held it out, and suddenly the lid started to move a little bit. And so he set the box on the ground, and the lid popped open, and what was inside but a little golden retriever puppy? The young man told her, He's for you, it's a Christmas gift. One of our dogs gave birth last month, and this is one of her puppies. He's six weeks old. We've already trained him. He's housebroken. And she was still confused, and she said, well, who sent this? And the man turned to leave, and he said, your husband, ma'am. He gave her an envelope, and inside was a letter from her husband. He had written it three weeks before he died and left it with the owners to be delivered with the puppy as his last gift to her the letter was full of love and encouragement telling her to be strong and that he would wait for the day when she would join him in the meantime this puppy would keep her company until then i know i couldn't resist that picture As she picked up that little golden ball of fur and held it close, she felt the most amazing sensation wash over her. We would call it hope. She felt it was a measure of joy and wonder that wrapped around the grief and loneliness that she was feeling in that moment. That was still there. But for just a moment, things got brighter. She looked down at that squirming little puppy and said, it's just you and me now and then she went to her closet and pulled out a box of decorations. She said, I think you'll like this box even more, including all the tissue paper that's inside of it. Why don't we go get it, she said with a teary smile. Friends, just as that puppy was exactly what that lady needed, God knows exactly what you need to. And God is always right on time. What do you need this season of Advent? God knows exactly what you need, and you can trust him to reveal the light of Christ to you in a way that will be able to push back the darkness that you are experiencing in this season. Christmas reminds us that whatever we hope for most in our heart and soul, whether it's healing or restoration or forgiveness or a fresh start, it is now available to us through Emmanuel, God, with us. In a land of deep darkness, in an hour when our hope may grow dim or waver, a light has indeed dawned. The very last chapter in the Bible, Jesus is called the bright morning star, a wonder to behold. The one who can lift your eyes and restore your hope like no one else can. So as we begin this journey to Christmas, I invite you not only to remember your hope in God, but to actually experience it once again this season. We're going to pray now, and as we do, I want to invite you to offer the Lord the things that weigh you down right now. The burdens that you are experiencing, those things that weigh heavy on your heart. Release it. Release that burden and allow the Lord of heaven and earth to shine his amazing light into your life. May it renew your hope today and for the days to come. My friends, let's pray. Father God, Lord God Almighty, we draw near to your presence this morning because we are in need of hope. We thank you for sending your son Jesus to be with us. We know for those people that first got to look upon that baby, it was probably a mixture of why did it take so long and total enjoyment at getting to see it with their own eyes. God, may the light of his life shine bright and lift our weary heads Receive the burdens that we offer to you, Lord. They aren't ours or meant. You don't mean for us to carry them alone. Help us to trust you, O God, with our very lives. And as we do more and more, we look forward to seeing the fruit of your work in and through us. May what we experience today and in the days to come rejuvenate the hope that we have in you. Lord God Almighty, we give thanks for revealing yourself as you again show us the very heart of Christmas. We offer this prayer in the name of Jesus Christ our Lord. And the church said, amen.